how exactly they see that panning out. So also last night, uh, there were various legal questions that were posed. And to help us understand the legality of the mayhem that took place in Parliament last night, we are joined on the line by Senior Lecturer of Public Law at the University of Cape Town, Dr. Kathy Powell. Thanks for your time this morning, Dr. Powell. Good morning, thank you. So, Parliament, very chaotic again last night, um, and very succinct points were raised by the members uh, who objected to the proceedings uh, continuing. So, then you had the EFF. Uh, They were up in arms, uh, speaking about a court ruling uh, that spoke to the behavior of what was constitutional and what was not in the House. The issue of security forces, um, that basically got everybody a bit hot under the collar. What is the legal standing in that situation? Okay, the, the case to which the EFF was referring was a case dealing with the ejection of the EFF previously from Parliament by the, by the police. Uh, well, well, actually, there are two issues. One was that the police were involved and other was, the other was that they were ejected at all, even by the parliamentary security services. Now, um, in that case, the court did allow, it, it declared the Act of Parliament that, that allowed for that unconstitutional, so it can't be done through an Act of Parliament, but it did allow for the rules of Parliament to allow for the removal of members of Parliament, in, if it was really necessary. But it made a couple of other points that are more important today, and that is pointing out that the legislature is supposed to be the organ that runs the country and checks that the executive keeps within its powers. It's not the courts. It should be the legislature. The courts are there as a backup. And to do that, we have a thing called separation of powers, which means that the legislature has to be able to act completely unimpeded. They are a separate branch of government from the executive. The executive is not allowed inside the precincts of, of parliament. And the the uh, Constitutional Court made that very clear why. It's so that the members of Parliament don't feel intimidated to talk one way instead of the other. Now, what happened last night was that two major uh, and very highly armed sections of the executive were inside Parliament. One was the police, and the other was the army. Now, uh, there are very strict controls in the Constitution and in the Defense Act over when the army can go anywhere within South Africa. The idea is that they are there to protect the borders, to protect South Africa against other states, and to assist in cases of national, national emergency, but that will mean, you know, floods somewhere where they have to go and help with rescuing people. They are allowed to assist the police, but in those cases there's a procedure that has to be followed whereby the executive explains itself. First of all, to Parliament and through Parliament to the country as a whole as to why they are getting the army involved. And those processes were not followed. And I noticed a press report that said the representative of the Defence Ministry refused to give the reason, saying, no, it's national security. Now, he's not allowed to do that. So what we saw last night was the reason people are getting so hot under the collar is firstly the executive is acting outside of the law, although it hasn't even bothered to check what the law says. And secondly, it's not, it's, it's bullying the parliament as it does so. And if it's bullying parliament, we don't have a democracy. So I think what happened last night is, it's quite frankly appalling. 
And it, it rings a, so many alarm bells for our democracy that I think a concerted response and a lot of follow-up is necessary. Mm. So, so, so uh, just looking at that again, the EFF, they claim that there were 21 members of the South African Police Services uh, on standby to arrest them. They spoke about cable ties and biological yes. weapons. And when they raised that point, uh, the speaker basically dismissed it as rumors, hearsay. So if these claims are tested, what legal grind, uh, grounds might there be, if any? If the claims are tested, if the evidence is brought that they actually were those police. Well, there are two issues there. The one is the mere presence of the police, uh, which, uh, which could well be challenged, um, because it's parliamentary security that can enter in these um, uh, people who cause a disruption in parliament. Um, secondly, well, you know, when the Constitution was written, nobody thought we'd ever have to deal with, with issues like this. But it would have to be found who authorized the presence of those police, and who authorized those uh, unlawful methods of, I mean, that is, that is such strong intimidation. We will arrest you and we're going to inject you with something. Um, whoever authorized that uh, has to be fired. It's not enough. It, the court will have to find out what happened, and it will be the responsibility of Parliament to insist that that person be fired as a person employed by the executive, or to do any firing itself that it has the power under the Constitution to do, which includes firing the president. But if Parliament doesn't show its backbone now, then we must realize we're not being governed by Parliament. We're being governed by the executive. And that's not a democracy. Uh, Dr. Powell, um, also looking of, uh, at uh, the opposition uh, refusing the president to address them because uh, yes. of what they say is a breach of his oath of office. Yes. Um, we know the ANC's Jackson and Tim will try to defend that, but what is your view on this? And, and, and also, subsequent to that, there was that walkout by uh, the DA, the EFF, uh, they were thrown out, Copes, Madisha. Was all of that procedural? Okay, procedurally, I understand, I may be wrong here, so, and it's all the chaos and, and thrilling facts, but I understand that the DA walked out because of the misuse of power by the executive within Parliament. So it shows, it said well, this, we're, not, we're not allowing this to carry on because it's not Parliament, it's actually the executive. So it left. The EFF's claim that, um, it, that the... Um, President is not allowed to speak to Parliament. That is not correct in law. Um, uh, I, I noticed the EFF claiming that uh, under South African law and under the Constitution, if you're guilty of a crime, you can't speak in Parliament. Now, that's true, um, but it has to be a, you which is actually convicted of a criminal act in a court of law that carries a certain sentence. Now, uh, Zuma was convicted of well, not convicted, he was found to have breached the Constitution in numerous ways by the Constitutional Court. That's very serious. Um, and the National Assembly should have followed it, fully followed it up. Uh, and uh, I, I think the only decent thing to have done would have been for Zuma to retire or the National Assembly to ask him to leave. But the point is that the National Assembly did not. So that decision has been taken. It was taken by majority vote, and because the ANC is a majority part, uh, in Parliament, the ANC allowed the president to stay. So um, on the legality, the EFS is wrong in, in saying that the president is actually not allowed to be in parliament. 
he is allowed to be in Parliament. But members of Parliament are allowed to show their displeasure in various ways. I'm ambivalent about the process of disrupting uh, Parliament every time, but we must remember that the President doesn't appear in Parliament every day. He's not a member of Parliament. He's a member of the executive. So he appears by invitation every now and then. And the EFF has chosen to disrupt every time that he appears. I can understand the strategy of that. I can just understand what it's expressing. Um, I get a little bit nervous if the response to the business of Parliament, which includes the State of the Nation Address, but if the general business of Parliament is being disrupted because the group doesn't like what's going on. There has to be a sense in which instead of this one group determining what happens within Parliament, um, the, the Parliament as a whole is made to think about this thing clearly and to show responsibility and to show it's reacting to the wishes of the people. So I, 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 it's, not, it's not unlawful that they are disruptive. It's also not unlawful that they can be removed as long as they're removed not by the police or the army but by parliamentary security and as, lo as long as they are not intimidated as they claim to have been. Well, um, just a final, final one about uh, the media and uh, media freedom. And, um, you know, the legality of the situation um, that arose yesterday, personally, when I was walking in, um, uh, just in front of Parliament, uh, tried to take a picture of uh, the scene uh, because yeah. there was nothing happening except for uh, police in what seemed like uh, riot gear uh, yeah. who were marching up and down. And I was told I couldn't take a picture. And when I asked why, I was told, um, you can't. There was no reason. But I was told okay. if I continue, I would be escorted off the precinct. And then later on, again, the media were barred from moving across certain areas. So again, the legality regarding this particular issue and what needs to be done about it. That is unlawful. There is absolutely no doubt that that is unlawful. Um, what needs to be done about it is that we shouldn't have to keep running to the courts, but they're the only institution left because Parliament's not doing its job at stopping the executive from stepping in and strong-arming and bullying and just deciding to do whatever it wants. So the only place to go left institutionally is the court, but the people as a whole have to also start organizing and showing resistance. What um, you were told by the police there was complete nonsense. And what is very interesting is that the person who stopped you did not find it necessary to explain himself. Now, in a constitutional democracy, the executive is meant to be accounting for what it does all the time in terms of law. Every single exercise of power has to be justified. That's why we have parliament. But that's also why we have the media. So that there can be communication to the, to the people who elected the, the parliament, the actual people of South Africa, of what is going on so that the executive can justify itself there. The executive has a, an, an appalling amount of power. And the job of Parliament and the rest of us is to keep it within the law when it exercises its power. What it did last night was show it doesn't care what the law says, and it doesn't need to tell you. Um, so, yes, that has to be challenged as well. I think there needs to be a concerted response to what happened last night, because if that is allowed to, to pass on with even a court case, uh, it's, it's, it becomes business as usual that in effect you have armed thugs telling the rest of the country what to do because if they're prepared to tell Parliament, they're prepared to tell everybody.
Dr. Kathy Powell, thank you so much for your time this morning, Senior Lecturer of Public Law at the University of Cape Town. And uh, also um, to speak to us this morning, Tapelo Tzilipa.